You are now listening to episode 227 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on January 31st, 2022. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And this week we're going to be talking about the financial permeability, episode 14 of season 2. But before that, we've got, uh, we're going to look at the poll results from last time. We had 20 votes, I remember that. One person said Java Affleck writing, and I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> okay, so we had 55% for intelligence, 25% ruth- ruthless attention to hygiene, 15% playfulness, and then 5% Java Applet writing of, yes, 20 total votes. Not like a huge surprise how that played out. Um, but yeah, that one for Java Applet is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they're just really into that, but I don't understand how you can pick that over hygiene. But we talked last week or last time about how I need decent hygiene around me. Yes. Um, but yeah, so if anyone wants to fess up to Java Applet or just give an explanation or vote if you missed out on the poll, um, that tweet is still up and you can just reply to it. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump into financial permeability now, uh, which starts with the guys looking at some like weird, unsolvable problem on the whiteboard. She turns out to be just trying to figure out where to see the movie at a Sheldon-approved theater near a Sheldon-approved restaurant. Yes, and this is one of my favorite cold opens. I think it's very underrated, um, partly because I just like how it all the whole scene comes together, but also it's like a very, like, it's a problem that everyone can relate to. Like, we have all done the, okay, we have to be here by this time, and we want to do this before, so where do we go, and we have to account for traffic, and we have to look at this. Like, we've all done this. You and I have done this when we've gone to Big Bang Theory tapings. Um, So... I think it's a situation that everyone's been in. It's just more complicated and more specific here because Sheldon is the main variable. Yes. Because Sheldon just makes everything more complicated. Although speaking of making things more complicated, Raj was willing to smuggle Slurpees from a 7-Eleven instead of smuggling Red Vines into the multiplex that has Twizzlers. I feel like you could just create a simpler solution by doing that. Mm-hmm. I guess like the only maybe flaw with that is trying to find a place to stop for Red Vines near the Sheldon approved restaurant with their time crunch. I guess, but it is Pasadena and like I could manage that here and I live in the absolute middle of nowhere. So I don't know. I guess around here Twizzlers are maybe a little bit more common, but I... I feel like I see red vines everywhere, so maybe it's just because my parents buy Twizzlers that I think they're more common. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to think of one as more common than the other, though I do give red the the bleh, I give the edge <laughs> to red vines if I'm gonna have one of them. I'll snack on those. I don't really eat any of that as a snack. Um, My parents love Twizzlers. Like for Christmas, part of their Christmas gift for me was I gave them each a bag of Twizzlers. And I was going to (laughs) say it was like Christmas. It was literally Christmas. But they were like so excited about it, Um, which like they could go get them all the time. But like my parents are very much like we don't indulge ourselves much. So getting a bag of Twizzlers each, like they didn't even have to split it. Whoa, Mm -hmm. I was their favorite child for I'm usually their favorite child, but still. Um, 
I probably would eat Twizzlers over Red Vines, but I don't like that type of candy enough that I would ever go out and buy one like just for me, except mm-hmm. maybe in the context of in the car, because I don't. Um, oh, what is it that you I'm blanking on what it's called. I can picture it. ginger. Like they say, if you're car sick or get motion sickness to like suck on ginger. I don't really like the taste of ginger. So, like, I think the only time that I've ever, like, actively bought Twizzlers was for the car because I don't know if it's placebo or not, but my parents swear by that for helping with motion sickness. And as far as I'm concerned, like, if my goal is to not be nauseous in the car, whether or not it's placebo or not, I'm not nauseous. So I don't care. (laughs) You know, like when people are like, oh, melatonin is placebo. It doesn't actually help you sleep better. I'm like, well, I'm sleeping better. So whether it's because I think I'm going to sleep better or because the melatonin actually helps, like mission accomplished. Yeah. As long as the end goal is there. Exactly. This scene also kind of makes me think of like around the time I was like getting into being Big Bang Theory. So I was watching this. Then there was like the very Potter musicals where, like, Ron was, like, all about the Red Vines, and then I started watching Fringe where Walter is all about the Red Vines, and it was just funny how it was, like, showing up on, like, all of my stuff I was watching at that time, it felt like. Okay, so true story. I don't think I have actually eaten Red Vines since I saw the Potter Star Kid stuff because my roommate in college has, like, a major obsession with them, and she quoted the Red Vines stuff and reblogged so much Red Vines stuff on Tumblr <laughs> that it, like, super turned me off to Red Vines. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, we were always, like, a Twizzlers family just because that's what my parents bought, but, like, I would eat red vines but i don't think i've eaten red vines since that because i got like way overexposed to that (laughs) also i feel like we can't discuss this cold open without discussing the blooper and johnny's like will you be prepared (laughs) that is one of my favorite bloopers too Mm -hmm. and then i love how like johnny like later like talks about it in an interview and he just like every single week after that people would be like referencing it and quoting it from backstage (laughs) I would never let him live that down if I was, like, his friend. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite bloopers are that one. Um, Kaylee saying, just benefits, no mail, and then getting super embarrassed. And then Mayim asking Bernadette, how did you guys decide to get pregnant? And then was just like, no, wait, that's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good I ones, want to watch the. I want to watch the bloopers bloopers now i haven't watched any of them in like a long i just want to binge the bit bit binge bang bloopers bloopers. (laughs) binge the big bang theory bloopers right i stopped and i'm like "Mm, i don't know if i can do that (laughs) yeah so then ultimately the guys decide that the only option is to leave without sheldon why my fa- why this is one of my favorite cold opens is not that they left without Sheldon, but that like Sheldon was not even offended in the slightest. He just like relooked at the board and he was just like, yeah, they want to see this movie. I can't come. And like <laughs> he was like, okay. And then like you know later on with Penny, she's like, oh, where are they? And they're like, oh, they went to the movies without me. It was the only option. <laughs> Like, like, he was not even like, I can't believe you went without me. I can't believe this. You guys are awful. You guys should have, like, or even, like, he had a solution, but it was just, like, so, like, annoying that the guys didn't even want to do it. He was like, no, I can't work this out either. Go have fun. Yeah. You know what would have made this even better? What? Well, no, it wouldn't have made it better because then Sheldon wouldn't have been okay with it. 
but a variation of this scene where Leslie Winkle's there and they can't figure it out. And Sheldon goes, there's no answer. And then Leslie's just like, well, why don't you just do this? And then he gets like really mad because that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have really pissed him off. Because we know there's no incorrect equations on her board. So never. Yeah. So after they left, um, we have Sheldon coming back. He'd gotten himself some red vines. So at least he got that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so clearly like, there were one within walking distance because he can't drive or he took the bus if he was very determined <laughs> but still if you take the bus you can get there like from the apartment yeah anyway all right uh so penny comes up running shut the door shut the door and sheldon closes it with him on the outside <laughs> so she didn't specify Okay, I also like Penny's idea here about, like, oh, I have to hide because the building manager's here and I haven't paid my rent. I'm like, he literally has your address, my girl. (laughs) And, like, he can change the locks. Like, if you're going to squat, you do that in your apartment. Mm -hmm. And it's like she couldn't even take the extra, like, 10 seconds to hide in her apartment and just pretend she's not home, but she had to, like, go to someone else's place right and also like running up the stairs like i'm gonna show up to an apartment that i manage and there's a tenant there who's behind on her rent and i just hear i'm gonna be like oh that's penny (laughs) and i feel like she wasn't exactly being quiet with the shut the door either so right like she's as subtle as a bus here yeah my Leonard Penny shipper side would like to specify how she asked for Leonard specifically when she showed up. Not just like help from yes. either one of them, but she's like, is Leonard here? No, as a as a fellow Leonard and Penny shipper, I do want to point out that Leonard is considerably the easier to deal with of the two tenants of apartment four. <laughs> well, <laughs> but yes, I love how every single time she's doing something or like even when um she came over in the birthday episode and Sheldon just answers it and he's like, hi, Betty, Leonard just left. Like, he knows. Yeah. That's why she goes there. And then uh, I like when she's like listening at the door and Sheldon's just like, I'm sorry, I don't understand what social situation this is. <laughs> Which is fair. Yes. Like, as much as he has like issue with sarcasm in the rest of this episode, like in this point, like, yeah, he's it's it's not wrong to be confused. <laughs> And then I also like hear how he acknowledges that in this social situation, she knows more of him because more than him, because he's like, can you just like tell me what we're doing? (laughs) Yeah. So we find out she hasn't paid her rent. Um, I think is this the first time we get like the apartment's address? Yes. Because like I tend to think of like when like he was like holding up the like letters or the numbers because he's like, oh, we no longer live at 2311. We live at whatever because like he took one of them down. 311. Yeah. Um, which is another fun blooper with that scene. But anyways. Yeah. As someone, okay, so as someone who does the food delivery, like, I, I mean, this is very obvious to everyone, but I'm like, there have been so many situations where I'm supposed to go to like 3800 or whatever and like if i'm going to like 2950 and then the next building says 30 and then the next building says 3050 i'm not like oh this is a real humdinger like <laughs> you can figure it out um but it's like i know in that episode we were saying like amy's been there before but it's like even if she hasn't you can still figure out what what building this is yes 
I was just thinking, like, I couldn't, before you mentioned Amy, I was like, I can't even remember who Sheldon is trying to hide from. I just knew that he was changing the address. But yeah. Yeah. So she's behind on her bills because they cut back her hours at the restaurant and her car broke down. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I do relate to that because you remember. But in October, we had, so at my work, we have two of us. There's only two people there at once. And we do very different jobs, but you need both of us to be there because we cannot do each other's jobs. So if one of us doesn't show up, like it can't happen at all. Like it's not even a fake it till you make it. It straight up can't happen. They're completely different skill sets. And well, okay. Customer service is there. We have, we both have to be nice to the people that show up, but like in terms of the like workday stuff, it's complete. There's like no overlap. And my coworker who I was working with quit, no notice. Um, well, it was a much more dramatic situation than that, but I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it. It doesn't involve me. It was just they very quickly were not working there anymore. And half of my shifts, my hours got halved. And October was a three paycheck month. And so I was hoping to, um, uh, what was I going to say? I was hoping to put my third paycheck toward half towards my debt and half towards the trip Roxanne and I are taking later this year. And because of that, and then having an unexpected car expense, I ended up making less in my three paycheck month than I normally do in a two paycheck month. So Penny's like, oh, they cut back my hours and my car broke down. Like I was like, I have so much residual anxiety just rewatching this episode because that exact situation happened to me in October. Yeah, I was thinking of you while I was watching this episode, like, oh, this is a little too relatable. Oh, did I tell you right now that the the tray underneath the car that prevents like uh a, like on the belly of the car that prevents like rocks from kicking up and getting into the car? Yeah, so that broke, and I currently have my car tied up with bailing twine. So I didn't even know that that was a thing below cars. Oh well, you will know if yours ever falls off. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> I will send you a picture of the front of my car when we're done recording. Um, and it's fine. Like I. Well, okay. I don't think you maybe have ever encountered a car that has that tied up with bailing twine, but out here in these parts, Mm -hmm. um, it happens quite a bit, but I need to redo it tonight because it's not tight enough and um, we're going to get a bunch more snow. So that's fun. Um, But anyway, um, Penny's car accident here appears to be... um, Appears to be because of lack of maintenance. Mm-hmm. Whereas I do do maintenance on my car. My issue is the odometer. It's just high enough that things start happening and I either have to fix it or get a new car. And right now the market is shit and I cannot get a new car for anything close to what it would cost to repair mine. So I just keep on patching it up. But my check engine light does not come on because I don't rev my engine, I don't idle, I do my oil changes on time, and I do not let my car run super low on gas because you're not supposed to let it get below a quarter tank or else it starts kicking up debris from the bottom of the tank into the engine. I am suspecting that that's what happened to Penny's car, but I know that they don't specify. I just appreciate the, like, continued occasional references to her check engine light whenever it pops well, yeah, up she's an absolute mess with that car yeah like it's like, almost like oh the light is fine it's still blinking and it's the engine <laughs> that stops working so it probably isn't battery related no but um yeah that's but like twelve hundred dollars oh my god that's actually less than what i had to do with my transmission this past year mm. but like even that like 
you can't get a new car right now for $1,200. Even like a new, like I know not a new new, but like even a used one, like it's my, yeah, my market car. Yeah, crazy. It's awful right now. So um, I'm just continuing to patch up mine. I've put over $3,000 into my car in the past eight months. Oof. Yeah. But $3,000 would get a shit different car. So I'm just rolling with it. I because now, go ahead. Or I was just like with the like car market, I kind of like lurk on some like um, like personal finance type stuff forums. And like every now and then, like they're not quite as many recently, but like there was a while, like a lot of people were like, oh, I can get like a ton of money if I sell my like used car right now. Should I do it? And people are like, okay, but then you're going to have to buy a car. So exactly. it's not going to really work out for you. Like, if you have multiple cars, sure. Um, But the way that I see it with mine is the way things are going. um, In less than a year, I'll probably have a car where most of the parts are once again under warranty (laughs) because they'll be new. There you go. Just ride the cycle all the way through. (laughs) Literally. Like, my transmission part was not under warranty because of the mileage. But now that specific part is under warranty. Mm-hmm. And I just got my shocks and struts replaced. And then they actually went bad. But they were still under warranty because it had been less than a year since I got them replaced. So Bell Tire gave me new ones again. I don't know why because my car is fine. They actually, they did say it was like a, it was a part error. It wasn't anything that I did. Like I drive perfectly fine. Like I wouldn't have gotten my car this far if I drove like an idiot. But yeah, pretty soon I'll just have a I'll have a really reliable car <laughs> as long. But that's the thing I need the engine to stay. Like I baby my actual engine because I can't afford to replace the engine. Yeah, but the engine will run for a very very long time if you take care of it. So you know I don't idle. I don't you know accelerate too much before my engine is back is up to the normal running temperature. I'm even driving below the speed limit a little bit because. Speed limits here are 70 to 75 and 55 to 65 is the like optimal working conditions for the car. So when I'm on cruise control, I have it at 65 instead of 70, which makes my like 100 mile commutes a bit longer. But I will do that for my engine. Yeah. So Penny always having, yes, Penny always having her check engine light on. I'm like, that's the one thing I can't fuck with. Like, I know my check engine light went on when it was my transmission, but like, as long as the engine engine itself is fine, I will continue to put band-aids on my car or bailing twine, you know, <laughs> whatever we need to do. You know what bailing twine is, right? Yeah. Okay. I was like, is that a like really weird niche word? But I'm like, it's one, you know how some of those things it's like everyone around you knows it, but then you, so you think it's really common and then you go somewhere else and like 90% of the world is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if that was one of those, like a door wall. No. (laughs) All right. So Sheldon basically states the obvious. It occurs to me you could solve all your problems by obtaining more money. Okay, Elon Musk, calm down. Yeah. Did you see Elon Musk and that kid on Twitter? No. So this kid on Twitter has been like, now, and if anyone's following this closely, I'm sure I'm getting some minor details wrong and I apologize. But in basic terms, this kid has been like, posting on Twitter like flight records of billionaires which I mean I think technically it's public record because you have to log that stuff I don't know but 
he was basically posting like this billionaire is flying from here to here in this plane. And so Elon Musk is like, I need this kid to stop this because I could get like shot at an airport or something. And I'm like, buddy, if you get shot at an airport, it's probably not because of this kid. But um, don't come at me, CIA. I have no plans to assassinate <laughs> Elon Musk or anybody else. I am just saying when you are a very public figure, there's going to be a bunch of people that don't like you. And if someone really wants to get with you, they don't need to follow some kid's Twitter account. Yeah. Because, like, a, a bunch of presidents were assassinated before social media, and zero presidents have been assassinated since social media. So, interesting statistic. Anyway, um, and so Elon Musk, who, like, we know how rich Elon Musk is, right? He tells this kid, he's like, you need to take this down because it's a security risk. I will give you $5,000. Mm-hmm. Which is a fucking penny. Less than that to Elon Musk. So I guess this kid counteroffered and was like, give me a hundred grand or something. Like, I don't know exactly. I don't know if he did that or if someone was saying he should do that or suggested he should that do that or if it's a rumor or something. But I'm like, hell yeah, you counteroffer in that situation. And then somebody goes, I'm sorry, $5,000 is two less commas than I am willing to work with. <laughs> so I'm like, and I'm just thinking, dude, like you kind of entered into this when you offered him five grand. So now we in negotiation. Yes. But like $5,000 to Elon Musk is nothing. Yeah. So, yes, Sheldon, it occurs to me you could solve all your problems by obtaining more money is very much like the rich person. Like, well, why don't you simply get a second job? Mm -hmm. You know, stop going to Starbucks. Oh, my God. Uh, So Sheldon offers her some money from his can, which is guarded by snakes. I like how he says it's guarded by snakes as if it's, like, actual, like, venomous. Like, like a, very, like, trained to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, um, like, he states, like, I'm never silly. Stood out to me just because of the previous episode where he claimed... Playfulness! Yes, he claimed his top trait was playfulness. I'm like, aren't these very similar things, Sheldon? I mean, I guess there's nuance, but I would consider them relatively synomical. Yes. Um... And so I loved how simple he is. And now this is something I also appreciate about Sheldon. When Sheldon's like, don't you need money? And Penny's like, yeah. And he goes, this is money I'm not using. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Bezos could end world hunger today if he chose to. Yeah. He has not chosen to. There's a Twitter account. I don't know if you follow it, but like every day they just tweet, today Jeff Bezos has decided not to end world hunger. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like every day that's what they tweet. A plus Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, like Leonard like says later in the episode, this is actually one thing that Sheldon's like good about as far as like lending money and then not caring when he gets it back. So good yeah. on Sheldon. I mean, okay, I'm not like this with money because I don't have money to lend, but like with books, I'm very like when I loan them to friends, like I'll gift books to friends, but like I have my parents read books that I'm going to loan first so that they have read them. I just gave like a bunch of books to my boss and some other to my coworker. And then I'm giving Sierra some when I see her this summer. And I basically just tell them, I'm like, I do want these back, but there's no deadline. Like I've already read them. You know, I don't need them right now. Like I don't want to see you selling them on Facebook marketplace, but if it's a year before I get them back, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so with this penny, like, Goes back and forth a lot, and she doesn't want to, but Sheldon eventually convinces her, um, so she borrows some. 
And I like how when she was like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I don't have any um, like expected expenses unless they develop a affordable technology to fuse my skeleton uh, like Wolverine. And Benny goes, oh, are they working on that? And he goes, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, so she takes them and promises she'll pay him back as soon as possible or as yes. soon as she can. But she can't like, obviously. Although I guess technically it is possible to pay someone back sooner than you can if you're like paranoid like if if the definition of can in this situation is i can give this money to you without immediately being back in my current situation you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. she could pay him back and then be like fuck now i need to borrow rent money from somebody else like i have seen that situation i've also been tempted to put myself in that situation so in that sense yes yeah it is possible all right so next is leonard and sheldon Starts with a little conversation about Sheldon would be real willing to be a house pet to super intelligent, super intelligent aliens. I liked when Sheldon's like, ask me why. And Leonard's like, do I have to? And he goes, of course, that's how you move a conversation forward. I'm like, Sheldon, your premise here is that Leonard wants to move this conversation <laughs> forward. And I'm not sure that he is. Um, but that said, if they if it was like a house pet and not like an experimental thing. So when I was little and I genuinely do not know if this is a sign that my brain is just really fucking weird or if this was just like a childish game, I used to pretend that I lived in a zoo exhibit. And so everything I did, I was like, oh, is this going to like amuse the alien overlords or like, are they going to feel bad (laughs) for me? Like I legitimately, I even like wrote short stories about earth being like a terrarium. (laughs) So like I completely was like, this would be interesting to me if it could actually happen. I don't like having my belly scratched, though, but Eliza does, so. I mean, like, sort of in Sheldon's defense, if someone said that to me, that they'd be willing to be a house pet, I would be, like, I would ask why, like, I would want to know the details behind this, so. You know, I I understand that, but also there are specific people in my life that if they said that, I would not ask them why, so I could (laughs) see why Leonard maybe was a little hesitant. I could see that as well. Like you, I would be like, yeah, sure. Or like if I told you and you just responded like, interesting, I would just be like, ask me why. (laughs) But like there have definitely been people like we've all had, well, I don't want to say we've all had, but a lot of people have had like in school or at work or something like a, a, a fellow student or a customer or something that's just like really weird and kind of loiters and like always wants to talk to you. And I can think of several people. Interestingly, two of them are named Luke. Um, and they would probably say something like that to me and I would be like, please go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could get that also. Yeah. Um, so then we have Penny shows up. Yes. And I also completely understand her like feeling the need to defend that purchase to Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Because whenever I show up with something new, my parents are like, Oh, I don't remember that. That's new. Where did you get that? And like, so I just recently bought that camera that I told you I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Emily yesterday, my old roommate, um, about how I got it. And I was like, I have to pretend it's like a birthday present from somebody because my parents would be like, why the fuck did you buy that? And then her husband says, oh, just say it was a present from Emily. And they both just started laughing when I was like, okay, I blame Emily for a lot of purchases already. So I don't know if (laughs) I can do that with this one. 
It depends on what it is. You know, like if it's something that I'm going to like use around someone or if it's a friend that my mom might see in the next couple of months, like she might bring it up. Mm-hmm. So then I don't. So like you get blamed for some stuff. Yeah, too. I was just going to say, what was it? Something you just said recently was from me. Was that the waitress tickets? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, those are from you. Um, my mom You're says welcome. that's very nice of you. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, oh, what else was I going to say? I don't remember. I haven't decided who I'm blaming the camera on yet. Yeah. But in my defense, like, I did have, like, coupons and stuff for that. And it's not like, I know people who know me in real life know I have, like, giant DSLRs and stuff that are thousands of dollars. This was not a thousands of dollar camera. This is, like, a novelty camera. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, $110 before for the coupons so you know I wasn't like I'm not like shelling out like what could be a deposit on a new car on this camera <laughs> but you know yeah I was about definitely to understand I was thinking like I don't think I get like defensive necessarily about my purchases but like my dad does tend to ask sometimes like I'll get something new and he'll ask like curious like oh like just how much was that I'm just wondering and it's not like he'll necessarily judge me but I was just thinking, I think there have been some times I kind of, like, rounded down the total <laughs> anyways. Um, or, like, recently, like, when he saw me with my new yo-yo, he asked me, like, how much that costs. I'm just kind of thinking, like, really? Like, it was, like, $20, but still. But, yeah, I just get defensive because, like, sometimes my parents, like, my parents don't know all of the stuff that I have. And there's been stuff that I've had for, like, literally, like, years And my mom will be like, that's new. And I'm like, no, it's not. And she's like, well, I haven't seen it before. And I'm like, well, good. You don't go in my room. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ. Um, But the one of the bags I took to Alaska, I bought and I thought I just bought it. Like, I don't remember telling a story about it. And when I was going to, like, figure out what to pack, my mom's like, oh, are you going to take that bag? Emily got you. And I was like, no, I'm taking this. And she's like, Emily got you that. And I was like, oh, that's right. (laughs) But, like, she offered that up. I 100% did not tell her that. I remember that. Mm -hmm. So I think I just told her I bought it. But she thinks Emily did. So I was like, yeah, Emily gets blamed for everything here, but it's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, they were laughing. And I was like, because occasionally I'll be like, um, if this comes up, uh, just go with it. Mm -hmm. But, like, (laughs) Preston's like, I'll blame Emily for the camera. I'm like, yeah, I've been blaming Emily for a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. But, yeah, I understand why Penny's, like, I already bought it. Like, it was a while ago. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Though, like, it really shows, like, how she, like, feels about her whole situation. Because, like, Sheldon wasn't being, like, judgy whatsoever at all. But she was just, like, already, like, insecure about having to borrow the money. And then so then that, like, spread over with the package. I got a little bit of eight simple rules Bridget vibes from this scene just how she like continually gets more upset and then like oh my god get off my case and then like leaves (laughs) I'm like I feel this exact scene happened in 2002 (laughs) I could see that like I don't get Bridget vibes from her a lot but in that scene I'm like yeah I'm I'm getting it Mm mm-hmm I mean, the the whole, yeah, like, would you just get off my case very much feels like something a, like, teenager would say to their parents as they run up the stairs, so. Especially, like, escalating from, like, nothing Mm -hmm. immediately to that. Like, I know this wasn't Bridget, but, like, the time where, like, um, John Ritter goes over to Carrie and just kind of, like, greets her or asks her what's going on. And she's like, stop yelling at me. (laughs) Like, he he wasn't even mad, much less yelling. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah. 
Yeah, that's very accurate. My sister was more like that than I was, but it's it's definitely classic teenager, and I was not immune to it. And then I love, like, Leonard just says, like, weird, and Sheldon's like, oh, good, that was unusual. I wasn't sure. Yeah, exactly. Especially following up with, like, the scene started, um, or at least her entrance, with the sarcasm confusing with Sheldon, so he was already yeah. thrown off. Mm-hmm. Right, so then there's the guys having uh, takeout in the apartment. Um, Sheldon asks Howard for an extra couple bucks to pay for his share, but then when Penny asks how much hers is, he tries to, like, shrug it off, like, oh, no, it's fine, don't worry about it. Which, I know this is probably just because Leonard has a crush on her, but I feel like if there's somebody in your group that's like really struggling with money like someone should just pay for them like not all the time because like you don't want to be like funding their life especially if you can't afford it but I mean Leonard can and like I know there are some people that would take advantage of that but like when my mom and I went down to Kentucky and we got dinner with Sierra Sierra was like hey I don't think I can come to dinner because like I have like ten dollars to get me to Friday and like that would be the food plus gas, like all that. And I was like, we'll come and get you and take you to dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, we still want to see you. So I don't know. I mean, I do understand that like Raj and Howard are correct in the sense that like Leonard is probably paying for her because he has feelings for her, which also stems from the fact that he finds her attractive. But I'm also like, I would pay in that situation. Yeah. I'm just realizing, I feel like I've normally watched this scene thinking that, like, Leonard is, like, specifically thinking about how she's short on money. But, like, in the context of this episode, like, at this point, he doesn't know yet that she, like, borrowed Sheld- from Sheldon and how, like, tight things really were, so. He doesn't know specifics, but I think it's just, like, a, like you know, like, I have I have friends that are, like, I have friends in my, like, Kentucky social group that, like, they know that Sierra and I are poorer than them, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, they might not know the extent or they might not know if we had an unexpected bill, but, like, but like they know in general, general that the situation's yeah. different. Yeah. Um, now, I don't like what... I, I feel... I don't know if Penny... So when Penny says, you know, oh, like, you're calling me, like, a sex worker, basically, for food, um, I don't think that she's wearing the skinny jeans and tank top to get her food for free. But I do think that the general point of Leonard pays for her all the time because he finds her attractive and is trying to score brownie points. Like, I don't think that's completely inaccurate. It's just not her fault. It's his thing. Yeah. And uh, she's just being again, like more like sensitive about, well, like not to like, as far as like Howard and Roger's comment, like that was out of line, but like with, Leonard offering and that she's just being more on edge about everything money right now. And I also think it's like very, this whole episode is very telling of how people shame people who are tied on money for like doing anything. Mm-hmm. So like when Penny, like when Sheldon comes in and Penny's just like, yeah, I'm having takeout. I've been scrimping. I wanted something different. Sue me. Like, I feel like her defensiveness is stemming from a broader situation, which is just like what you said. Like, stop going to Starbucks and you can pay your student loans. No. Mm-hmm. And it's like poor people are allowed to live in life that's not complete misery. Like, like you know that time, like, when I messaged you that, like, I was having a really shit week and I was stressing about money and then I went, went to Dairy Queen and got a hot fudge Sunday. Yeah, I spent $3.00. To make myself feel better. Like, die mad about it. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, even though, like, the guys aren't, like, judging her in this moment for having takeout, like, the point is that, like, in general, people do judge for that sort of thing. Yes, she's reacting that way because of society, and so she's assuming that the guys are, she's projecting that onto them. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, let's see, Penny ends up paying Leonard for her food, um, and then with the whole stress and... After Sheldon shows up, Penny ends up just taking her food to her apartment to eat in peace on her own. And then I liked when Sheldon said, um, I've moved my money out of the snake can <laughs> because she just, well, he already had done it, but she had revealed it. Yeah. I keep my money in a can. I will not describe what it looks like. None of you know where I live except Roxanne. But <laughs> I definitely keep my extra money in a can. Well, okay, it's because of taxes. Because with food delivery, like I have to pay, I have to pay at the end of the year. My W two job does help with some of it, um, but um, I just keep some cash out so that like I have it and I don't forget how much I need for taxes and spend it. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And then I love Leonard's line at the end here. If you're ever short, there's always a couple of fifties in Green Lantern's <laughs> ass. That is the hollowed out buttocks. Um, and I've told this story before, but my sister and I thought that that joke was really funny. And one year for my birthday, my parents gave me $100 in 250s and I stuffed them into a, um, a puppet fox that I have. It's not if, if you're picturing like a taxidermy fox, that's not what it is. It's like you would get at the zoo. And we would joke, my sister and I, like, oh, if you're ever short, there's a couple of 50s in Ruby's ass. Because that's what I named the fox because it was red. Haha, <laughs> Ruby. I'm so clever. And then um, this was in like, this is probably when this episode aired or shortly after so probably probably 2010 ish and then i get out of college in 2015 and i was going through my like old stuffed animals and stuff and i was cleaning out like the was putting stuff like in the basement and i saw it and i was like ha 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 remember that and i put my hand in and i was like there's still 250s in here and so i had like an unexpected hundred dollars that i'd completely which i remembered that joke every time i saw that episode i thought of that but like i just assumed that at some point i'd taken the money back out and i hadn't <laughs> so that was a very pleasant surprise that's always the best when you like find money you forgot about like in a pocket or something yes yeah, so i found a a visa gift card like behind a cabinet in an envelope of other gift cards and I checked to see how much money was on it and like long story short Christmas (laughs) (laughs) I mean it wasn't a super drastic amount of money but like I was able to buy some shit with it for Christmas so that was nice nice right so then Leonard goes over to see Penny who's got some mood lighting going on because her power was shut off so candles is she going over to the guy's apartment to use the bathroom or? Uh, maybe. Or she's doing the thing you do when the power goes out. No, she wouldn't have a sump pump. Because I'm like, we go down to the sump pump and fill it with fill a bucket. And then we flush and pour the water down the bowl from the sump pump. But she wouldn't have one of those. So I don't even know how you guys do it in the city. I'm not even sure what a sump pump is. It's big. <laughs> Okay, I was so worried that you didn't know what bailing twine was, and I'm just going on and on and on about a sump pump. So, okay, a sump pump, basically, if you have a basement and you have, like, a septic field, the sump pump takes the water, like, from the basement out of the house into, like, the septic field area. So, 
it's like a if you go into your basement, it's like another hole. I don't know why. I don't. I can't explain it super well. I'll, I'll Google it later. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> we don't have basements here in in general, anyways. So. Yeah, that's that's that's. I've always found that. Is it because of the earthquakes? I don't know. Maybe. Um. But yeah. So Penny tells Leonard how she's behind on her bills. She basically had nothing left after paying her rent. Um, and this doesn't fit with what her plan was, which was to become a movie star, and then backup was TV star. Which is ironic, because Kaylee was starring in a TV show. <laughs> yes. Now, okay, I, I'm probably, okay, so some pump I always associate with the toilet, but what it what it does, I think, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is it takes the water... So when you, like, flush the toilet or when, like, water from, like, outside comes into the basement, the sump pump kind of, like, removes that water out so your basement doesn't flood. Okay. But I think I associate it with the toilet because I think ours is technically under where one of our toilets are. But I guess that would also make sense because the water otherwise would just, like, go outside. Mm -hmm. But pretty much it's just if you don't have a basement, you don't need a sump pump. But I actually don't think it's allowed to be on the sewer line. So I could be thinking, I could be completely wrong about this. I, I said what I initially thought, and then I'm like thinking about the configuration of the basement. And I'm like, I actually think that that's entirely wrong. <laughs> um, so it doesn't have to do with toilet. But we do go down and get water out of the sump pump when we need to flush the toilet. Okay. Just so that we can, because when you don't, when you can't flush it otherwise, like there would be nothing else in the bowl. So you basically pour it to like help the flusher work. Since the flusher won't be, like, generating water itself. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that was grosser than I thought we were going to go. But, you know, I know there were times where our basement flooded and it was because the sump pump was broken. So that that's, like, the biggest thing that it does. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, movie star or TV star. And then I liked Leonard's, if you don't have electricity, you probably don't need cable. <laughs> And just the, like, stare she gives him. Yeah. Though, like, I know, like, not as many people have cable now because there's all the streaming. I also feel like back, like, when this aired, that was also, like, people were leaning more towards streaming than, like, full-on cable. Really? Way back then? I feel like it. Well, maybe. I mean, you're older than me. You'd remember this more. I was not paying attention to anything when I was 16, but... But then I could also kind of see, like, Penny just being like, oh, I'm going to be, like, a t movie star or, like, a TV star. Like, I need to, like, be able to watch all of the things for research. Or maybe growing up, cable was, like, a, a status thing. So she's like, I'm going to have cable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, cable. And then she also has her acting classes that she can't give up because she's a professional actress. Quote Which, unquote. to be fair, if she's not actually doing any paid acting gigs, she might need acting classes. <laughs> so, <laughs> to get her there. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the $1,800 to the LA County Superior Court because uh, she paid off some of Kurt's fees because he got drunk and peed on a cop car and had other stuff going on. So, I feel like, was this when they were together? Like, did it happen when they were together? Because I feel like it would have had to have happened when they were together, but 
it also seems like it's a recent bill if Leonard's looking at it like that. Yeah, I was just thinking about that also. Like, it's there with her current, like, bills that she's paying. Which later on, it seems like... It seems like, you know, she hadn't seen him in a while, but maybe when she ran into him before her Halloween party, he was telling her about all her issues and then she agreed to help him then. Yeah, or like if when she agreed to help him, maybe like she went on like some sort of payment plan that she was paying off over time. That's true. And so this was like a like total or like near the end of it. Yeah. Because yeah, it definitely... seems later like this was something that was like further in the past and yeah because i mean this would have been like a year and a half after they broke up so mm-hmm. so i liked how when she's like remember kurt and leonard does the hand up thing your ex-boyfriend yeah <laughs> um and then i liked how when she said oh you know he was drunk when he did that and leonard's like i would hope so <laughs> <laughs> and just with the hand thing i like how the guys do that later when leonard yes does it remember when he's ex-boyfriend kurt and then they all just put their i'm doing it every time we even though no one can see me <laughs> um and i like when she said um oh he hasn't paid me back yet but he will and leonard says um and that's based on the credit worthiness of people who get drunk and urinate on police vehicles <laughs> yeah so penny says how she might have to find a cheaper place to live which leonard of course is immediately like oh no you can't do that um, and also, why did he, like, I can move in with you in your one-bedroom apartment and not, like, why don't we get Sheldon to move across the hall? Because they ultimately do that anyway. <laughs> True. And we know Sheldon could afford a place on his own if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it's really ironic that Penny makes the joke about how she wouldn't be able to keep her hands off him if they lived together, and then they almost sleep together in the very yes. next episode. <laughs> I also, I really like, though, like, when Leonard's going on his thing about, like, the boxes, and then, like, your books books will smell smell like melons, melons. all of that, and Penny's just, like, looking at him, like, with a smile, and it's not like a, like, what are you going on about, but it's just kind of like a, like, a soft smile, like, aw, like, she kind of- like, he doesn't want me to move. Yeah, like, she knows where he's coming from. She's like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the very next episode, we know what happens, so. Yeah. She and it wasn't even her, her that stopped. Although the thing is, if they lived together, he probably would also talk too much. So, <laughs> I mean, it does track. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she can blame her acting classes or, like, use that excuse. But we know what she's thinking. Close to Yes. Her. Yeah. Okay. So then Leonard goes back to the guys and tries to get also, them to join. wait, really yeah. quick. When he goes, why don't you get a roommate? And she goes, do you know anybody? I'm like, you want to move in with someone that Leonard might know? (laughs) Like, you would think Penny might know more people who need roommates. Yeah. But, like, Leonard's friends consist of the people she's already met and Stuart. (laughs) Not a lot of options there. No. No, true. Okay, so Leonard tries to get the guys to go with him to, uh, to face Kurt calls it like a real life quest and the guys are like no we're gonna stick with our game i like how when he says do you want to go on a real life quest and sheldon goes outside i just made coco (laughs) which i mean i'd be like i like being outdoors to an extent like i love hiking i love just being outside 
But like, if I'm in like a big city and we're like, let's go on a quest, I'd be like, no, there's a lot of lights and cars and shit. <laughs> like, I want to stay inside and drink hot chocolate. Um, and I like how at the beginning, just real quick, how Raj and Howard both have like religious related dietary restrictions and they're both just kind of calling each other out on how they like don't follow them at all. Mm hmm. Yeah, good quoting on Raj on that part. Like, did he, like, look that up specifically so he could quote it against Howard or what? Oh, I guarantee you that's what <laughs> happened. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically the only animals he can eat are deer, sheep, goats, and cows? Uh, Sure. I'm trying to think of ungulates that have split hooves. I mean, you would know better than me. I would, wouldn't I? Uh, yeah, so they have to they have to have parted hooves, and then they have to chew cud. So yeah, cows, sheep. Do goats chew cud? I think so. So yeah, that would probably be it. Which is eliminating like, oh no, that's a lot of the good meats. I actually don't like pork so oh but ham oh man like oh man i can't be jewish (laughs) Um, no being jewish would go against my non-religious beliefs so i couldn't do that anyway but i I could probably give up ham if i was gonna do that but Mm -hmm. no leviticus is all bullshit that's the one that's like you can't have sex with men well you know what okay no that's wrong men shouldn't have sex with men i was gonna be like you know what that's not a problem Although I guess there are new translations that say that that's actually talking about pedophilia and not about homosexuality. It's saying, like, the actual translation is supposed to say, like, man shall not lie with boy as he does with his wife. And it's just been, um, like, translated and translated, and now it says man with man. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't care anyway, because that book don't apply to me. But, yeah, so, and then Raj can't eat cow. Is it just cows? That Hindi people can't. Uh, I think it's probably just cows. I feel like Raj would make more references to something other than beef if it was more than just cows. But also it's a bunch of white people that write those lines. So who knows? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Leonard's like, you want to go do this? And they all put their hands up again because Kurt's (laughs) very tall. How, How tall is he? Hold on. Height. Okay. He's 6'4". Okay. Yeah, that's tall. Yeah. He's a inch taller than Brian Thomas Smith, so the two three-name Brians on the show are both tall. How tall is Jim? Because he's tall. Oh gosh, I used to know this. Six foot, maybe? Okay, and Jim Parsons' height. He's six one. Okay. Johnny is five five. Carl Cook is six one. This is recommended. Yep. And hmm. Rihanna, who is pregnant, is 5'8". Oh, good to know. Yep, she was, I guess the way she announced it was she wore a coat that was just buttoned at the top and just walked around a big city, I want to say New York, maybe not, with her boyfriend with the belly sticking out. And everyone's like, hey, look at that. Okay, then. I like how uh, Leonard, when he's trying to like convince them to come, brings up like Frodo and like the guys who went with him. And, like, those sort of things that kind of normally work with Sheldon, and he's just like, yep, and they had a terrible time of it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's like, no, no, no. All right, so 
yeah, he's like, they all had a terrible time of it. And then I like Sheldon's, um, do you not recall the last time we visited this gentleman? <laughs> we returned home without pants. Now, I saw this before I saw the pilot. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of spoilers once I saw the pilot. But so this is actually also my first introduction to Kurt because I didn't watch season one, I think, until after the dead hooker juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was mine first for Kurt also because I came in middle of this season. Yeah. Before. And then I liked when they were go- he was going to leave and Howard's like, Leonard, wait, and then take a jacket. Jacket, it's spritzing <laughs> a little. Yeah. And then he leaves. Come on, please, he's so big. <laughs> so they eventually apparently decided to go help. Though really they weren't much help just standing there. Well, I like how when Leonard says, is everyone clear on the plan? And Howard says, yes, Kuthra Polly is going to wet himself. I'm going to throw up. Sheldon's going to run away and you're going to die. Shall we synchronize our watches? Tag yourself. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> um, and then I like when he was like, oh, but like we're out. We outnumber him. And Sheldon goes, his triumph will be even greater. Minstrels will write songs about him. And I always think of the Sir Robin song from Monty Python and the Holy Grail whenever I think of minstrels. But then I also remember, oh, God, I don't remember if it was Dances with Wolves but there was some movie where these little, oh, I don't remember what tribe, Native American kids, like, steal this guy's horse. And as they're, like, running back to camp with the horse, they're, like, really excited because they're, like, the tribe's going to write songs about us. <laughs> like, all that other stuff. I feel like it was Dances with Wolves, but I don't remember. Um, that's another movie I feel like I really liked as a kid, but I probably shouldn't rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then... Leonard says, how about this? I'll do the talking. You stand behind me and try to look formidable. And I'm like, nah, that's not going to work. No. And they, like, try to pose. And it's just like, yeah, no. <laughs> and Kurt instantly knows who Leonard is. Yeah. Lenny. And I like, I was like, I don't really go by that, but that's okay. <laughs> and then he's like, do you remember all these guys? And Kurt's like, No. <laughs> And I'm like, hold on. Sheldon helped harass you at the Halloween party. Why do you not remember Sheldon? You've met him twice at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Sheldon, I think Sheldon was like offended that he didn't remember him. And then he's like, he doesn't remember me. I remember him. Yeah. Though, assumingly, the last time he saw Leonard was when Penny kissed him at the door. So that may have just made a larger impact. Yeah, that's true. He was he was a little elf, yeah. not a hobbit. Uh, I mean, you know, he was a hobbit, but Kurt thought he was an elf. And I honestly probably would have guessed that as well. I was talking with some of my friends about how, like, it really sucks when there's, like, series of books where you like the first couple and then there's one that's just, like, a complete drag. And then we got to talking about how, like, books that do like way too much like description and stuff can just turn you off and I'm like yeah like in theory I would like Lord of the Rings but I started reading the first one and I just could not bring myself to care what a hobbit hole looks like and I just stopped and never went back (laughs) so and Sierra was like same she's like that's literally why I couldn't either because it just starts with that and I did not give a shit (laughs) I've never tried to read those. Uh, my so my uncle, the one that lived with us for a while when his when my aunt 
um, like dumped him without any notice. And she was the one with all the money. So he was homeless. She bought me these like this fancy Lord of the Rings box set and came up. She was she belonged in a different time. She basically said like um, every educated classic girl should have a copy of Lord of the Rings. Like all of her sentences were like that. And so she bought me this like Lord of the Rings to like apparently like improve my position in society or some shit. And then I proceeded to not read them. And I have not talked to her in years because she screwed my uncle over. So alrighty, So then Kurt kind of blows them off. And then Sheldon's still fixated on how Kurt doesn't remember him. And then he's like, oh, my God, that's right. The last time we met, I was in a Halloween costume. And I'm like, you looked like you. <laughs> yeah, just different clothes. And then I liked how when Kurt, when uh, he knocks on the door again, and Kurt's like, what happened to your backup? Because, like, he knew why they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Leonard's like, I have right on my side and I'm wearing cargo shorts and pants. <laughs> I also liked right before that when like Leonard told him, like, you can leave if you want. I'm going to see this through. And they just leave. And he's like, okay, I guess yeah. that was my fault. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I did. There's a lot of like self-ownership in this episode. Like Sheldon's like, yeah, they had to go with the movie movie without me. Like exactly. that was the only option. And then in this one, Leonard's like, yeah, I did tell them to leave and they left. So, you know. So the next thing we know, they're back in the car, and he got a formal acknowledgement of the debt, which came in the form of writing <laughs> on Sheldon or on writing on Leonard's forehead with Sharpie, which is more than I thought he was going to come away with. True. So, and then I like maybe we should have your head notarized. <laughs> so then we have the last scene. Yes. So Penny comes and pays back Sheldon. Um, and we find out that Kurt just showed up out of the blue and gave her the money back. And she really feels like she's changed. He's changed now. Which is interesting because, like, she literally just talked about that with Leonard. And it's been apparently, like, a while. And then, boom, Kurt shows up. Um, but also, um, what was I going to say? I wonder, did Penny, Penny couldn't have borrowed $1,800 from Sheldon. She had to borrow less than that because she paid the rent, but then she didn't have enough money for her electric. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even with the money that Sheldon gave her. So it had to have been more than that so that she could pay the rest of her expenses and then pay Sheldon back. But it's still a crazy thing that Sheldon has that much money in a snake can. Yeah. I mean, I guess if he just used that as his, like, his emergency fund that split up between that and the account and then the action figure. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then, so there was actually a headcanon about this that I really like because Penny's clearly not with Kurt in the next episode. Mm-hmm. So people were like, oh, did he, like, show himself at the, when they went to dinner? Like, was he an ass? And she's like, yeah, you're actually not any different. Or is she making up that they're going to dinner to try to make Leonard jealous because she secretly knows that she had to have known people are saying that it was Leonard's doing because she had just talked to Leonard about it. Mm -hmm. So I like that one. I mean, if it is that second one, then I would say her acting classes are paying off because <laughs> it doesn't come off like she's like trying to like test Leonard. Like, I feel like when you watch well, it, we she don't, well, comes that's off why it's a head cannon yeah. and not like a canon thing. Yeah. 
but it's like it's very it's very quick whiplash from I'm going on a date with Kurt to I'm going to sleep with Leonard in what is probably a week because usually they um what was I going to say usually these tend to go like actual week has passed unless there's like an actual establishment that it was something else mm-hmm. so it, it seems like a very quick turnaround if she did go on a date with him so I think probably in canon he was just an asshole on the date, but I like pretending that she was just trying to, and my sister actually is convinced that she was just trying to be, she was trying to make Leonard, like trying to push Leonard into admitting it was actually him. Like mm-hmm. my sister's like, there's no question. That's it. But she doesn't analyze this shit as much as I do. But like from the first time we watched that, she's like, oh, she's making that up. <laughs> so that yeah. that's her theory. You were, like, watching as it aired at this point, right? Yes. I, with the exception of Bath Item, I watched all of season two as it aired. Because I'm just trying to, like, imagine, like, the whiplash of, like, shipping Leonard and Penny and, like, watching this episode and be like, oh, like, she's going to go out with Kurt again. And then, like, in the very next episode, what we get with the lime kiss, like. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I didn't because I didn't. I hadn't seen season one at this point. I didn't know the other aspect aspects of Kurt. Like I knew that he had at some point stolen Leonard's pants, <laughs> but and Sheldon's. But like I didn't know. Like if I think I don't know if I would have been as worried if I had been watching from the start because this man was like a well established like overall. Just he was a dick. Um, but with this, I'm like, oh, this like unknown dude, like maybe he was like a regular in the first season or recurring. Like, is this going to be like a long term guy, like someone who's going to pop up throughout the whole series? Like, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So I was a little like, because eh, I didn't like this dude. But I think if I've been watching from the start, maybe not so much because it was very clear he was just someone who was going to pop up to be a problem occasionally. And I don't think we even see him again after this. Yeah, no. Yeah, if you had, like, had full context, then it wouldn't be necessarily, like, a threat. It would just feel more like a, a like, Annoyance. nothing yet. Yeah. Now, I can't speak to the perspective of someone who had already been watching since the pilot because I wasn't that person. But in terms of, like, how I think about things, I don't think I would have been as worried if I'd been watching from the pilot. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I will. And then, like, kind of, like, the last note is then Sheldon singing his minstrel song about Leonard. His minstrel. Yeah. <laughs> which i don't know i like it (laughs) yes now i i want to clarify here i believe in context and i know i know in context but i'm just going to clarify um they're talking here about the medieval minstrel who would sing like songs about like accomplishments of like the people of the time as opposed to the minstrel shows of the 19th century, which is where blackface comes from. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, I know, I'm sure everyone listening understands, but just in case someone has been like, you know, reading up on a lot of stuff recently and just happens to be like, oh, currently my connotation of minstrel is the minstrel shows. This is the medieval definition. Yes. Very different. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I think that wraps up this episode then. This is one that, like, I remember the generic plot line, but until I rewatch it, I don't remember a lot of the jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, oh, Penny owes money. Sheldon loans it to her. And then we find out Kurt owes her money. So Leonard goes to get it. 
And then Kurt pretends he thought of it by himself and Penny thinks that that's sweet. But like once I watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, a lot of lines that I really like are in this one. And I just completely forgot they were in this one. Yeah, it does have a lot of good lines. And yes. just like the the last note on the like sarcasm like through throughout the episode, I like when she- when Penny gives it back to Sheldon. She's like, "Oh, you know, like thank you, it really helped." And he's like, "Sarcasm? No." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I like that too. So yeah, really solid one. Um, we meet Beverly next week. Yes. Yeah, with this one, I like I tend to kind of like think of it as like. Again, my shipper bias going through like a Leonard Penny episode, even though it's like not really, but just like oh, it's absolutely a Leonard Penny. I mean, again, I also have the shipper bias, yeah. but like I also consider this a Leonard Penny episode. Maybe not at the time because of the Kurt thing, but like in hindsight, like with oh, him yeah. helping her, and like I said, just like the look she gives him when he's talking about moving, it's like she knows what's oh, going on there. She knows one hundred percent what's going on. Yeah. And then Which we've we got, know very soon because we're just two episodes away from Leonard's. Uh, you had your chance to be we for a year and a half now. <laughs> oh, I love that episode so much. This too. is such a good stretch of Leonard and Penny episodes. I love season two in general, though, honestly. Because mm-hmm. we're going to have Terminator after this and Work Song, and oh, it's good shit. Yes. All right. But yeah, next up is uh, Leonard's mom and the Lime Kiss, and lots of good stuff. So. That'll be fun to talk about. Hell yeah. Uh, so if you guys have questions, comments, suggestions, you can email us at podcast at com, or leave a comment on the website at com, or tweet us at thebigbangbuzz with three Zs. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.